Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and everything connected thereto. Uh, I'm Mark Boundy, your host, and today I'm really excited to have Holly Duckworth. Holly is the chairman of the Leadership Solutions International. She's the author of a variety of books, the most recently, Sell More, Stress Less, um, Everyday Mindfulness for the C-Suite uh, are two of her are two of her many books. Uh, she is a specialist on mindfulness, and so Holly, welcome. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, I'd like to like give your give a little bit more uh, complete picture of you, who you are, uh, how you work, what's your practice, and also right here at the beginning, if you could also just give some uh, contact information. I I hate it when people have to wait all the way to, to the end of a podcast. Wow, Mark, that's very, very generous of you. Um, my name is Holly Duckworth. My company is Leadership Solutions International, and we are the, the hub for mindful practices for CEOs and executives. My team founded the Mindful Leadership Council at the C-Suite Network. And so we teach the personal practice of mindfulness and how to bridge that into your corporate team. So visioning, meditations, affirmations, gratitude, how can we use all of these practices to create more peaceful and productive companies and certainly uh, sales teams as well. Okay. Um, the easiest way to catch me is either on my podcast, The Everyday Mindfulness Show. We have over 150 episodes or um, leadershipsolutionsintl.com. Great, Holly. So um, mindfulness, you know, in, in a lot of the um, uh, knuckle dragon sales people and sales professionals I've run into, mindfulness um, might in some people's minds in that industry, you know, in that profession, uh, set up some walls or, and, and it might sound a little woo woo to people, but I loved your simple definition of mindfulness that you shared. And so tell people a little bit more about that and why it's important in sales. So mindfulness is really new thoughts on ancient wisdom. And as everything has evolved and changed, especially in the last 20 years, but really hyperspeed in 2020, it's really become a secular practice. So um, many of my, my folks that do come up with this question around the woo-woo factor um, may be familiar with the Buddhist tradition of mindfulness, where really now it's a much more secular practice. And I like to say mindfulness is the practice of being present in the moment with non-judgment. So as I was thinking about your show, I was thinking about that kind of that double entendre of value that you know, value certainly has a monetary meaning, but value also has a heart meaning. And we work with CEOs and sales professionals to integrate that, that heart value and that financial value to create greater success because they're literally aligning their mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial yeah. values into each relationship that they create. 
You know, Holly, um, I'm going to respectfully try to, to change a little bit of your thinking because the monetary value actually has a lot more to do than mindfulness than you just then came across in that statement. Um, when you say being present in the moment without judgment, that's listening and trying to understand your counterparts, in this case, the customer's world. And certainly value boils down to what the customer's willing to pay. But in addition to, you only get to that if you remember that customers don't buy your product, they don't buy their service, they buy their own outcomes. And the value, how much they'll pay, is how badly they desire those outcomes. So value is something that only exists in your customer's mind. And if you aren't mindful, and if you aren't really don't have an intent to understand what's going on between the customer's ears, you don't know your value, and therefore you don't know what you your what they might be willing to pay. So that that monetary thing only comes about from something that's happened in your in another person's mind, and it takes some listening and some empathy and mindfulness for you to actually understand that. I think it's the yes and. It's the yeah. The, the integration of both the financial value and the values that you put in as the sales professional into the thoughts, the beliefs, and the actions about your product or service before you even have that conversation. I, yeah, no, I, I believe that as well. I work a lot with clients um, to convert what we have, what my, our product or service has, our features, our benefits, uh, stop talking about features and benefits. I want you to figure out the possible outcomes that could come from those customer benefits. And the conversation then is to discuss with the customer, do they want, you know, if I, if I have 20 possible outcomes that I could deliver to a customer, do they want any of those 20? And how many of those 20 do they want? And how bad do they want? Um, that's a different sales conversation than I've got this product that does this, this, and this. I want to know I've got a product that will help you do this, this, and this. And so I think there's a huge overlap between mindfulness. And, and so I wanted to have you on because mindfulness is central to value discovery. Um, and it's not woo-woo. It is a commercial necessity. We'll make sure to include in your, your show notes. This is a, a complimentary gift. We have what we call um, seven practices to be a mindful sales professional. Oh, great. And, and we'll make sure that, that you, you get the link. It's, it's on uh, leadershipsolutionsintl.com. But it's, um, you know, for us, this, the mindful sales process starts with setting your own intention. Like, if we're not clear, centered, grounded as sales professionals, again, Mark, you and I explored this, you know, a few weeks ago that th these principles are good for selling your idea if you're a you know C-suite person, or if you're selling a product or service. That the same seven mindful practices appear, but it really starts with setting your intention. Yeah. You know, are you going to be of service? Are you going to be joyful, kind, frustrated? All of those things. However, you put your energy in motion 
is going to be that energy that your your prospect is going to pick up on. So we you know we start with that, and then we kind of move through. You know, mindfulness is being fully present in the moment, centering in your meeting meet and greet process. You know, how often have you been in a sales sales situation and the you know the, the prospect or the salesperson is on their phone tweeting, texting, doing twenty seven different things that that a mindful sales professional, like you said, they, they bring their full focus and attention. I, I say ears on heart. They, they put their ears on their heart to listen to what is that, that prospect looking for. So that's kind of where we start at is it really, that sales process mindfulness has to start with us being mindful and then increasing that mindfulness to listen to the prospect. It's, um... I've had several conversations on different podcasts about listening, uh, quieting all the distractions that that occur as a listener and not being distracted by what you want to say next, which is actually something I struggle with on the podcast here. Um, not figure out, not thinking about what you want to say, but hearing what the other person is saying. And uh, salespeople are really guilty guilty of selective listening. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're taught to selectively listening and, and we're told that we're called, we call that qualifying. Well, that's so funny because it's like you read the poster when I showed it to you because the next step is actually um, qualifications and we match all seven processes of the sales process to a spiritual belief. And I co-authored this book with uh, my co-author, Eric Szymanski. He's a 20-year sales professional, um, platinum award winner for Disney uh, Worldwide Resorts. And so we took my mindful practices and his sales practices and started looking at how do you mirror these things up to be more efficient and effective. And so that qualification stage, as you talk about it, we map that up to the mindful practice of knowing your beliefs. It is often said, it is done unto you as you believe. So if you are qualifying a client and you believe they won't buy, then you've created that in, in your consciousness and you've increased the likelihood they won't buy. If you believe they will buy and you start a conversation with the intentionality, the centered energy, the meet and greet that they will buy, you increase that throughout the, the entire process. So that's so funny. You would say, say qualification because that is actually the yeah. next step in our process. Yeah, qual I, I um, in my practice, I don't use qualification as much as I use discovery. Um, there's, there is a mindset that I think is about to, um, well, it, it's already, I think, on the decline. We talk about a value proposition in sales. Um, and that we talk about it like it's a single thing. Like it's the one thing I should say and so that it might my customers are qualified. And I talk about discovery because I think the single value proposition um, has come and gone. I think customers expect a personalized value proposition. They expect you to have discovered and listened and learned about them before you know which of your 20 value propositions applies to them or which two or three apply to them. Um, and the term qualification, as it has been used in the industry, it technically it doesn't mean this, but the way it's been used does. And that is, does this person fit with my single monolithic value proposition? And I think um, we need to 
move beyond that. You know, all of this, we're, we're recording this episode in uh, the midst of, of COVID days, uh, in the midst of a lockdown. And for the first couple of weeks, we told people just reach out to your customers, find out how they're doing, be empathetic, be caring, see if there's anything you can do to help. And that is a great entree. But if we do that for months and months, it's, it's gonna, we're going to get Zoom fatigue and it's going to sound a little stilted. Um, but the intentionality of learning how the customer's world has changed and what you can do about it and trying to be creative and, and to come up with uh, a personalized solution uh, for the outcomes that customer wants to achieve, which means learning about those. Uh, there's never been a better time. And I think I th I my personal theory is that uh, I think that's going to be needed more than ever before. Um, the listening, the mindfulness, the understanding what a individual at a customer is going to want to accomplish and helping them accomplish that. Um, so I, I don't object to qualification. I just uh, think that if we use the word qualification, it has to be more than that. It has to be actual listening and and I like the word discovery, even though qualification is the one that um, most sales forces use. Well, I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about in this time is I, I, my first book was called Control, Alt, Delete, Reboot Your Organization for Success. This is the first time in human history we've had a Control, Alt, Delete, a total reboot of, of business, a re reboot of life. And I think it will be interesting to, to watch, Mark, how this changes. You know, we lived in such a value meal world yeah. prior to this. Um, that the human consciousness, the human brain was programmed. If you, if I couldn't buy A, B, or C, I got so overwhelmed I didn't buy anything. <laughs> and now, with this blue sky of opportunity, as I like to call it, yeah, um, I don't. I I think we have to be careful to make an assumption. Is the does the other person even know what they're going to buy? Because it's changing infinitely slow and massively fast at the same time, depending on the product or service that you're offering. But I do agree with you that I think uh, sales professionals of the future that are, that are excelling will be in a place of co-creating personalized solutions for their partners. I, yeah, I, I completely agree that we are in a reset mode that we, um, the things are going to have that things, there are going to be a lot of people who take advantage for the opportunities uh, to change. And um, I think what used to be the best practices of the super high performer are going to be the practices of anybody who's average and above, or it's gonna be the practices of the survivor. And mindfulness, listening, uh, plugging into your customer and their needs, that's probably going to be on that list of things that go from elite to survival mode. Well, one of the lines that we talk a lot about in the book is what you visualize, you actualize. And right now, while we're all in, in different phases of pause, some are starting to come out of pause, some are going deeper into pause, that... Um, some of the best practices in this book that our readers are using right now are 
really seeding your sales consciousness with positivity, with groundedness, so that when we when we jump back into the pool, whether that's an inch at a time or you know dive into the deep end, yeah. <laughs> that you have a strong mental mindset of what it is that you want to achieve for your customers and for your company. Yeah. No, I think that's great. You also use a, another phrase that I absolutely love and I use it a lot, slow down to speed up. Tell us more about that. Well, we talked about this the other day that I think, again, back to that ears on heart thing, that it will be interesting to see how decisions are being made and at what financial level and how quickly on the other side of this. We, you know, People told me four weeks ago, you'll never sell keynotes remotely from, from your house. And I've been doing paid keynotes, you know, three or more a week for the last several weeks. And, and, and it's, it's, it's working. We're meeting, meeting a need and providing value for, for customers. So I think we have to stay in this place of sometimes you got to slow down <laughs> to, to speed up and ask a few more questions, that mindful practice you know, what is mine to do today? How can I serve the world? You know, what is my gift? How does my product help? I utilize my visioning, my meditation, my quiet time each day. And I, I will ask my intuition voice, who am I to serve today? And I might get one or two names and that I will just call those folks. And as using your word in that place of curiosity and discovery, hey, got the sense your industry might be changing, got the sense that you might, you know, heard on the news that, you know, how can, you know, how can I support you today? But, you know, these, for, for at least a short term, your sales list might've been 300 people before, it may be 30 prospects now, but how can we slow down those relationships to speed up the positive financial impacts and decisions down the line? No, I completely agree. And, and um, I, like I say, I use that phrase all the time. And it's about understanding what's changed in the customer world. I mean, we used to teach when I was a, a sales consultant for one of the big sales training companies. Uh, one of the practices was you start every sales interaction by discovering what's changed since we last talked, what's new. This is what I think is going on. Is that still on track? Um, <laughs> in the last month, that question became pretty important. Um, but I think it's going to be something that you do every time to discover. And uh, I've also said that the best listener wins in sales. Um, and that's that comes, that listening actually has to come from a genuine intention. And um, you also said that, you know, as you've, um, started to sell more keynotes virtually, um, your value or the value of the, the way you deliver your value has changed. And you had to become creative and resourceful, uh, realizing how the value had changed or what your value really is. And did you have to deliver that face-to-face? -face? And everybody has had that shift in their value or how it's delivered um, change considerably. I just wrote an article about manufacturers uh, who are U.S. manufacturers, and their their value has actually changed. Um, many many customers have suddenly realized how uh, supply change supply chains that extend over to Asia are so. We always knew they were risky, but we just had the, we just got slapped in the head 
uh, with just how risky those are. And so U.S. manufacturers, their value has changed because the risk portion of those long supply chains have, cha have changed. So having salespeople listen for how the value has changed, understand that to become a business consultant, to become a business partner, I think that's um, that probably overlaps a lot with your book. It does. And I think right now, you know, one of the gifts we can give your, your listeners to Mark is sadly, we may hear more no's for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there may be more of us not hitting those, those goals that we, we sure. wished, but this is, this is a huge opportunity in that, that sense of mindfulness to return to the gratitude. And we may need to boost each other up in some of those times right now that, you know, finding yourself a sales professional, either, you know, in a, in a complimentary or, you know, a friend that you can, you know, we're going to, we're going to be frustrated. We're going to have bad days that you can vent, vent them off and, and also be stay, stay in that, that grace and that gratitude that I think right now, every one of those calls, I didn't, the, the first keynotes I sold weren't the first people that I, that I called and checked in with. It was the, the continuous conversations um, based on, you know, value and conversations I'd had and, and graciousness when I had lost gigs years ago sure. that, I, that I think right now, um, well, that's hard for a lot of us high achieving salespeople that, that giving yourself and your customers that, that state of gratitude and grace and remembering the amazing projects that you've provided in the past and that you're going to do that again. I, uh, being convinced of your value is part of discovering your value and believing in it. You're absolutely right. Um, I, in the book, we have, um, a, a tip and an affirmation for every week of the year. And I just kind of opened to one. It's this, this is a bonus affirmation. I take care of myself during the days, weeks, and months and years of the sales process, knowing when I take better care of me, I can take better care of my customers and my family. I think, you know, right now, staying in that place of, you know, taking care of your, yourself, doing the journaling, doing the writing, doing the visioning, seeing your sales coming in, increasing and better and using those tools. Uh, I, I talked to Julianne Sullivan this weekend and she says, it's in the pre-work. You know, right now is our quiet time to do the pre-work for when we can go out on that sales stage, however that evolves for your company. Yeah, uh, I'm there's there are layers and layers of preparation um there's physical preparation making sure that the cobwebs stay out of your your brain and body by exercising there's the affirmation the journaling there is the understanding the customer's world and doing your research before you enter the room there's the planning the conversation so that you know what you want to explore with them um there's the listening when they answer and all of those are it's layers and layers of preparation that you need and right now this is vulnerable to admit but i'm finding a lot of power in the i don't know i mean really truly um i've been on you know a billion webinars for a lot of different different industries right now but yeah uh, virtually hugging your customers with the, they don't know and you don't know, but we can, I don't know together. And from that place of, I don't know, we can create what we know. 
<laughs> deepens my relationship with my customers and allows me to provide products and services that I may not have been offering six months ago, but I can offer now because we've created it together. What, there's a huge amount of wisdom in that, Holly, uh, being able to I don't know together. There's never been a time where it's more okay to not know. This, this situation has created uh, a fact where nobody knows and it's okay to not know and it's okay to listen um, as long as you're, you're going into I don't know with that hug, with that intention to be of help. What wisdom, thank you. I, I have a follow-up question I use with that and I go, well, pretend that you did. Pretend that you did. I mean, like, like once we get to the place where we don't know and we both all agree that we don't know, then, now we get to say, pretend that we did. That place of childlike curiosity, discover, wonder, and, and then start, okay, well, if we pretended we did, we would do X. If we pretended we did, we'd adapt this product. We'd adapt, you know, we would do all that, and then we would, we would come out on the other side. So that's another, another great tip yeah. to pretend that you did. Yeah. Pretend that you did is good. And also, if we, it, it's a version of pretend you did, maybe. It's what is success going to look like? What's going to feel really great six months from now if you've accomplished if you if you put yourself into six months from now and say, man, I just really knocked it out of the park. What is that going to look like? Uh, which is, an, I guess it's a version of the same question. I like pretend you did. Well, it's, it's just silly right now. Um, in mindfulness practice, we talk about, you know, now, 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 like, like, our brains are naturally wired either for, you know, anticipatory grief or anticipatory fear, or we're fearing what, what ha what's already happened, that the more we can stay in the now, and especially right now, kind of let go of, is it three months from now or six months from now? But it's, it's, it's the now followed by the next now, followed by the next now, followed by, and, and trust that the world is bringing us the right customers, the right clients, the right products, the right services. And, you know, we, we say a lot of affirmations and stay in that place. And that's, what's keeping our bills paid. Yeah. So uh, here's, here's another, I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little to a side question and that is your diet of information. Uh, taking care of yourself physically means partially, you know, exercise and diet as well as your affirmations. But, um, right now, there is a potentially poisonous diet of information out there, a crippling um, amount of information that can put you into fear brain lock. Tell us what, what you are, are working with your clients and salespeople in, in that area. Wow. Nobody's ever asked me this question before. And it is so, so where I'm at right now, my, my awareness, shocking. I am shocked in my, let's just say most inner circle, how little data people are taking in right now or how the only data they're taking in is their Facebook feed curated mostly with people who think what they think and believe what they believe and act like the way they believe, which is fine, but you have to have some awareness around that. And um, one of my, my guides we work with, we, we, every week we ask for more wisdom, guidance, and discernment. Because I, th I think to be a great resource, CEO, sales professional right now, 
we, we need to challenge ourselves to bring in data from a lot of different points of view. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm reading a lot. I'm taking in a lot, but then I also have to take that time out for discernment that I'm not just going to read XYZ magazine and go, this is the only way, you know, I mean, this is a perfect example this weekend. You know, we've got people posting, Oh, the beaches of Jacksonville are, are open. And then you've got pictures of a million people on a beach. Well, for, for me, that's an opportunity for guidance and discernment. Go find somebody who lives there that you know and get real pictures to find out, is this really true? And then make a dis discerning decision based on additional research. And I think that's the call for all of us right now, is, yeah. is have the wisdom to take in a, a various points of view, the guidance to, to use our, our networks and, and discern, is this a yes or is this a no for me? I'm laughing out loud, Mark. I, this is still the one that blows my brain. Everybody is saying right now, oh, well, we'll just be in quarantine till there's a, a vaccine. I think you and I talked about this. What, what are the five most controversial topics in America right now? Well, one of them is vaccination. <laughs> just because we create a vaccine doesn't mean people are going to take it. Just because you create a product doesn't mean people are going to buy it. Like we've got to you um, utilize you know our head knowledge and our heart knowledge together to create the best decisions who we prospect for who we who we have conversations with and how we build those relationships going yeah. forward yeah discernment and uh, I have to limit my amount of, of information it's really easy you know I, I fall into America's addiction problem America and probably the whole world has a, an addiction problem and we're addicted, we're addicted to outrage and drama. If you couldn't commute into work this morning and have somebody cut you off or flip you off in the car, you've got to turn on the TV and get to your outrage source and get you yourself a fix of outrage because we're not happy unless we're outraged about something or unless there's some drama. Um, we've become habituated to that. And that's, um, we, we do that by listening to our friends on Facebook who believe the same stuff we do or uh, our selected network because it doesn't matter what point on the, the spectrum you are, there's, there is an outrage dealer for you. And, if, and it's so easy to start your day off in the fog of outrage rather than the fog of mindful purpose for your day and it can really um all of that available stuff can really take you off your game if you let it uh, um i do a lot of reading of a man named ernest holmes and he has a line and he says stand for something and against nothing and in in a time of so much transformation right now i think there's an opportunity for all of us to say I'm grateful that works for you and let them have that. I'm, I'm going to have my opinion and, and be able to consciously disagree and, and still move forward with, with, with kindness, even though we don't, we don't have to agree on, on everything, stand for something and against nothing. I, I stand for, you know, my values and the things that, that I'm doing, but I don't have to stand against yours. Yeah. I, I broke that rule uh, over this weekend with, with an old college buddy and I'm feeling a little bit bad about it. He's, you know, uh, a party before country guy 
and um, can be really hard to listen to, but he's a college pledge brother um, who I literally dragged up a variety of different obstacles while we were pledging. And so this is, this is a guy that we've been through the battle and I um, was less accepting of his um, blindness than I often am. And I felt bad about that. Well, and this is an, an opportunity as a mindfulness person to think about, we, we come at life from it, we live in a feeling world. So as much as we put a lot of effort into to words and words and words and words, and we got to talk to each other and we got to talk this out, that, that when I have clients or coaching clients that have a, a scratchy experience like you just talked about, you know, some of them we do get to, to call and do one-to-one and, and, and work it out. But then there's also these experiences right now where we just, they're, they're not going to change. Maybe you're not going to change the history or whatever. The, utilizing our, our, you know, our journaling, write, write it out, you know, write, an, write a thank you letter for the gifts and, the, and shred it and let it go. Like right now, so we, we got enough stuff happening right there that, you know, we, this is a great skill for, you know, the sales process. We've all had those sales calls that have gone a little messy or a little icky. We didn't feel good about it. And, you know, you can't go back, but you can in your mind go back and, you know, write the apology letter, write the thank you note, whatever. And, and I do believe, and I've seen it happen, it, it clears up the energy. Sometime down the road, you reconnect, and it's like that never even happened. It's forgiven, and you move forward. Yeah, I, um, I, have, I have a practice um, for this kind of thing, as well as when I lose a big sale or have some kind of a disappointment. I give myself permission to wallow in misery for the rest of the day until my head hits the pillow. Uh, I process it. I, I am the kind of person who's, who takes it personally and um, blames myself and finds all the things I did wrong and just beats myself up for, she should have known better about this. He, he didn't. You know, and so I, I do a lot of self-analysis and self-accusation and just beating that stuffing out of myself until my, bed, until my head hits the pillow. The next morning, it's what am I going to do better? What am I going to do different? How am I going to solve this? What am I going to, how am I going to move forward? Um, but I think you kind of need to give yourself the permission to um, engage with that mistake, engage with that failure and process everything. And, you know, maybe my um, self, self blaming and my, and I, you know, people have told me, Mark, you're, you are doing normal stuff there. You have nothing to blame yourself for, but uh, to, to continue to think of all the little things you might've done and then move ahead. So part of that is self forgiveness, but part of it is what am I going to do differently? How am I going to move forward? And that gives me the energy to say, to, to move forward with, with a better intention tomorrow. Well, Mark, I know we've, we've given a lot of different seeds. I have, inspiration i hope and, and wisdom for for your listeners but i that that one's really key i think and one of the things i i hope comes out of the other side of this this is is a sense of compassion and empathy and and slow down to speed up a little bit like if that sales call is you know 50 minutes book it for 60 and give yourself that 10 minutes of reflection time i you know that that we start to be more mindful of 
our, our own need to take care of ourselves. So you ask, you know, how do I nourish myself with daddy? You know, how do we nourish ourselves with food? How do we, we, we've just been go, 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 go. You know, in the book we talk about, you know, who are you being when you are selling? How do we let go of the doing a little bit and remember that we are, we are human beings. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, what a great, um, note on which to kind of wind up. So Holly, why don't you give uh, contact information again? Thank you so much for a really great conversation, but give your contact information one more time for the people who didn't get it the first time. Well, Mark, thank you so, so much. Um, our website is leadership solutions, intl.com. We are the owners of mindful sales training, uh, com, And, um, you can reach me at Holly at leadership solutions, intl.com. And we'll make sure to get you the, the, digital download if you're interested in more of the seven practices to be a mindful sales professional. Holly, thank you very much. What a great conversation. And I really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us on the value clarity podcast where value exists only in your customer's head. So your success ultimately as a sales professional lies all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a great day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.